Hi everyone and welcome to the latest podcast from the Herbert Smith Freehills Pensions Team. This podcast is part of our series on the Pension Schemes Act, where we provide some high-level overviews of the key provisions in the Act and the practical implications. I'm Francesca Falsini and today I'm joined by Michael Ahern of Council in our Pensions Team. We've discussed in previous podcasts the regulator's new powers as well as the new funding regime for defined benefit schemes. And so in this podcast today, we're going to be focusing on the climate-related requirements in the Act. So, Michael, can you start by giving our listeners a bit of an overview? What does the new Pension Schemes Act say about climate change? Thanks, Francesca. In a nutshell, the Pension Schemes Act only has one clause, really, dealing with climate change risk. It was introduced quite late on into the process, and think I think it was the, the last real major substantive change proposed by the government. And it is essentially to allow the DWP or government to impose regulations requiring trustees of an occupational pension scheme to secure that there's effective governance of the scheme in respect to climate change. And that's very broad and it's intended to be very broad. And some would query whether it should already fall within the ambit of ensuring that there are regulations to make sure that occupational pension schemes have adequate internal controls, which is uh, legislation that's already on the statute books. But the government decided, no, they want a specific statutory power for regulations in relation to climate change risk. And it's, it really covers all, all gamuts of climate change risk, including what's called kind of implied Paris aligned temperature rises and TCFD. Now, at the moment, TCFD, which is the Task Force for Climate Related Financial Disclosures, that's the only element that the government's proposing to put forward. And essentially, the government has consulted on TCFD reporting. It did that before the Act came into force. And now it's consulting on the regulations in relation to that. The implied temperature-rise stuff, the government said that's in the too difficult bucket for now, but they may look at introducing something later this year. And I think one of the things that some commentators have pointed out is that this is all quite politically motivated. It's geared towards COP26 and the UK's chairing of that summit in Edinburgh later this year in November, um, which had been postponed from, from last year. And um, it's geared towards that, really. So um, we may well see more regulations coming um, down the pipeline later this year. So how significant are these proposed new requirements? Well, I think they're going to be very significant. And I think they're going to be significant for two, well, probably three reasons. The first reason is that up, up until now, sort of climate change, the E of ESG and ESG reporting, all all those kind of reporting requirements are are just that, they're reporting requirements, they're trustees telling members or the general public what decisions they've taken and how they've then implemented those decisions. And that's the sort of stuff that's in the the SIPs and what are going to be the implementation statements to be published alongside scheme annual report and accounts. The significance about these changes TCFD and TCFD reporting is it's not just reporting, it's a governance framework. So the government is now telling pension schemes, not only do you have to report on what you're doing, but you have to make the decisions in a particular type of way. And the government's been very careful to say, we are not directing you to invest in particular things. 
or in a particular way. They're saying we want you to just make sure your decision making takes into account these various different things. But there's an inevitable nudging effect in doing that. And TCFD absolutely is based on this. The, the whole purpose of TCFD is you solve for problems which you're, you're aware of and that you report against. And so there's going to be inevitable nudging effect of setting targets, achieving those targets, decarbonizing pension schemes, portfolios, or, or, or uh, reducing risk of climate-related changes. That's the whole intention of this, to ensure a kind of orderly transition of capital from a carbonized economy to a decarbonized economy. So there is that kind of nudging effect. I think a lot of trustees are really struggling with that, where they, they have for a long, long time thought that their primary duty and override duty is to invest scheme assets in accordance with the financial best interests of members. I think there's there's an education that's going on to say that you can do both things. You can frame climate-related risks and making changes in a financial risk headspace. But the, the big challenge is this, this reporting, this governance, and some trustee boards will have to sort of look at their governance reporting and see whether it's TCFD ready as it were, because TCFD fundamentally is a governance framework rather than a reporting framework. The reporting is on the back of it. And the, the, the third reason I think it's most significant is that that's going to be a real significant change, as I think we'll come on to in terms of how people are ready to, to sort of implement this change. And how prepared do you think the industry is to comply with these new requirements? It differs. So we'll come on to when it comes into force, but, but essentially for those larger schemes... It's going to come in force later this year, 1st of October 2021. You'll note that's before COP26, so the government can announce that it's now in force for those larger schemes. And some are well prepared. There are about, I think, 100 schemes in, in scope in this what's called the first wave. Some are well prepared, some are less well prepared, some are not very well prepared at all. And that's what came out of when the pensions minister, Guy Opperman, before the consultation was even put, he wrote to, I think, 50 of the largest occupational pension schemes in the UK and basically asked them, what are you doing in relation to climate change risks? What are you disclosing in line with TCFD? And the answer he got back, sort of Goldilocks and the, the three bears, was some some were doing it, some were not doing it, and some were kind of doing it. So I think one of the challenges is going to be for those schemes that are in scope, I know 1st of October seems a while away, but it really isn't in terms of what needs to happen and the changes that are being brought into force. And I think there is some capacity issues, particularly amongst advisors in the pensions industry, who, whether they're, they're consultants or actuaries or covenant advisors or lawyers or independent trustee firms, everybody's having to upskill to get a handle on what is TCFD, what does it mean? How do you become TCFD compliant? What are some of the sort of risk areas or pinch areas for employers, for example, in, in covenant assessments and those kind of things? And so everybody's trying to get up to speed very quickly. Now, the government's aware of the challenges, not least one of the challenges being that there is currently no legal requirement on asset managers to provide the kind of information that trustees are going to be need to comply with these sort of this, this TCFD reporting obligation. But the government kind of said, well, you really need to do 
what you can. Um, we realise it's challenging, but this is a really important issue and we need you to get on with it. And the government's provided for this um, as far as you're able to test in the regulations. And as far as you are able to basically means you're doing all such things that are reasonable and proportionate to comply in relation to your scheme. What we don't know yet is, well, what, what does that really mean? Does that mean that if your asset manager says, no, I'm not providing it, I'm not contractually or legally required to do so, I'll give you the best I can. Is that as far as you can take it? Or do you need to start leveraging what the DWP calls pension schemes market power in order to try and get a response? So there are some issues. Hopefully they'll come through the current consultation that's going through on the regulations. So we'll, we'll see where we end up on that. But there's quite a lot to do. There's not a huge amount of time to do it for those schemes that are going to be in scope and, and query how much capacity there is in the market to help those schemes fully comply. I guess the good news is that um, from 1st of October 2021, you just need to be compliant with the governance aspect of TCFD. The reporting element of it comes seven months after the end of the scheme year in which which is current in on 1st of October 2021. So schemes will have a little longer to produce their report, but they need to get up to speed on the governance requirements from 1st of October 2021. And so you've spoken a bit about the larger schemes and when requirements will come into force for the larger schemes. Do you expect them to be extended to smaller schemes at some point? And are you able just to talk through uh, the timeframes for the different schemes? Yeah, sure. So the schemes that are in scope, I'm going to call them first wave schemes. So those are schemes with over five billion in assets as judged in the accounts of their um, previous scheme year from, so the scheme year that ended on or after 1st of March 2021, you take the accounts from that scheme year, you look at your assets. If you're above 5 billion, you're kind of in the first wave, and then that will take effect from 1st of October 2021. And as I said, you'll then have seven months from the end of the scheme year that's concurrent with them or ongoing on 1st of October 2021 to get your report in. That will also apply for master trusts, authorised master trusts, irrespective of their asset value. So authorised master trust and collective defined contribution schemes, although there's there's only really one scheme that falls within collective CDC schemes. They will be effective 1st of October 2021, irrespective of their asset value. That then is the first wave. The second wave is basically 12 months later, and it's schemes that have a billion pounds in terms of their asset value they'll be effective 1st of October 2022 and then have, again, seven months um, from the end of their scheme year to produce the report. That's it in terms of the schemes that are currently in scope. The government has said there's no current intention to extend the obligations to schemes that have less than a, a billion pounds assets under management. However, they will review. And they're going to review in 2023. They brought the review forward a year from the initial proposal and I think really the direction of travel probably is that eventually they may well extend it depending what the political climate is of course at the relevant time but the government's also said in other areas that all schemes should be taking into account climate change risk because they're part of the trustees fiduciary duties so the TCFD reporting bit may just be for those much larger schemes required statute but I wouldn't be surprised to see schemes below a billion but still very substantial voluntarily take up TCFD reporting, perhaps with a view to the government potentially bringing that in further down the line. 
Great. Well, thank you very much, Michael, and thank you all for listening. Just to note that uh, all episodes in this series will be available on our regulatory hub, as well as our pensions blog. And of course, if you want to join us for any other future episodes, you can subscribe via the Herb Smith Freehills channel on Spotify, iTunes or SoundCloud.